0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu, and I'm joined, as always, by Tom. Hello. And by Chris.
1: Hello. Maybe it's because I'm hungover, but that music seemed particularly loud this week.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that was quite an intense experience, wasn't it, today, going into the podcast?
2: <laughs> I imagine it's the hangover, because I'm feeling exactly the same way right <laughs> you now. You hungover
0: as well. I'm, I'm well, fine. I-, I drank as much as you, Chris, and I'm absolutely
1: fine. I don't I believe It's not a competition.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm hungover, but as you can probably tell from my voice, I was very vocal yeah. last night. Yeah, it was very, quite, quite a big night
1: here in England last night. Quite a big one. Yeah. yeah. For those
2: of you only motorsport centred, there was soccer ball. That is all.
1: Yeah. Sports ball. And no, we're not That's talking about ball. it anymore.
2: There was kicky ball. That is all that will, will be said.
0: That's all we need to say. We don't need to go any further than that. <laughs> um... So we're here to talk about the we're here to preview the British Grand Prix. Yay! Feels like ages since there was a British Grand Prix. I don't know why, but I mean, was we it, had... it was a, was it around this time last year or did they do it sooner?
1: I can't remember. There were two of them. I know that much.
0: Uh, there were two of them. Seventieth anniversary, and um, we're just back to standard old British, yeah. run of the mill British Grand Prix, this garden weekend.
1: variety British yeah. Grand Prix. Um,
0: <laughs> although we say that, there is a slight change. To, uh, very slight change. To proceedings. Um, new format this weekend, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, we're going to have FP1 on Friday afternoon. New, you say. Nothing new about that. <laughs> and then we're going to have qualifying an, a couple of hours later in the usual format, but on a Friday. So you're going to have your existing Q1, Q2, Q3 format um, with one significant change that we will get to, according to these notes. Um F, <laughs> I put that in there and Stu doesn't know what it is. Yep. Um FP2 on a Saturday morning. And then the uh the real change is the uh the sprint qualifying on Saturday, hundred kilometer race, twenty-five to thirty minute race um probably race base, Yeah, probably grid yeah. based on the uh, quality result um from the previous day. And then obviously that will set the grid for the results of the sprint qualifying race will set the grid for the Grand Prix on Sunday, and that'll be run as a regular old Grand Prix. Um, so some important changes there to
1: note. Um, do you, do you um, want me to do, do the significant to... change that you can remain you're not sure about? <laughs> yeah, if you if you could, Chris, please. Yeah, so the the only real big change to I think the way things are gonna work is the fact that qualifying, they're only gonna be given soft tires. There's no, yeah. there's no more, you know, trying to get through Q2 on mediums or hards or anything like that. Qualifying, purely run on soft tires. The sprint qualifying, that can run whatever they want. Almost certainly no pit stops in that. Um, but that does mean then that in the Grand Prix, everyone's just free to start on whatever tires they want. So it's kind of completely removing the... Um, You know, starting tyre penalty, which, to be fair, last week we were talking about how the starting tyre from Q2 thing is a bit not really doing the job it was designed for anymore anyway. um, I think it will be fun to see qualifying purely being everyone on the softest tyres just going out and being fast. Like, there's no, there's going to be no tactical shenanigans there. It's just going to be who is the fastest. Hmm. Which is quite yeah, fun. That is fun, and I think,
0: if, well, the fact that they've only got one practice session before qualifying, yeah, as well, is quite an interesting factor in this because yeah. they're, they're going to be, they'll be out the entire time. As soon as the lights go green, they're going to be straight out. And if you've got a ticket on a Friday, you're going to get your money's worth because they won't stop pounding round there until, until the lights go red again. I think until the checkered flag.
1: And that is an important thing, like because. We were quite critical about this format I've come up with, um, and I'm sure we will be critical in this podcast about the format I've, I've come up with for this. <laughs> but one big positive I will say for it is that every minute of session time is vital this weekend. Like, there's going to be no faffing around, no sitting out half of FP1 to let the track rubber in. Yeah. Every yeah. minute of track time <laughs> is vital. It's going to have to be, isn't it? Like, well, yeah. going into qualifying, you get one hour to prepare for it. Yeah, mm.
0: Well, I mean, the crazy thing is you rock up at the race weekend and you've got an hour to set up, essentially, haven't you? If you're the driver yeah, yeah. And, and you're the team, if you know, if you don't hit the ground running on Friday afternoon in FP1, then your whole weekend's in jeopardy, isn't it?
2: Yeah. The, yeah. The, the thing that I find sort of interesting as well is obviously having an, a second practice session sandwiched in between quali And then the actual sprint race. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that'll be pretty interesting. Yeah, in there Saturday afternoon before the race. Sort of what is late Saturday afternoon, isn't it for the race?
1: It's almost like this is where you practice qualifying. This is where you practice for the race, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Mm, yeah. There's some interesting stuff going on around the Park Firme rules for that as well. Um, So. Park Ferme on a normal weekend, basically, from the moment your car leaves the garage in qualifying, there's very, very limited things you can change on the car from that point onwards. It's like wing angles and not much else, is it really? Winter in Park Ferme, there's not a whole lot at all you can change. You're allowed to change sort of ducting and things
2: like that generally for. Yeah, maybe the. Changes in conditions and stuff like brake
0: ducts, possibly you can change brake pads. Yeah, you can change your brake pads. Yeah, yeah like, consumables themselves. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, um So for sprint race weekends, there's gonna cars will enter Park Ferme when they begin qualifying on Friday, and then they sort of semi come back out for practice two on Saturday. That they, they can't like completely rebuild because obviously, if, if they'll completely open it up, they'd like. Have a full qualifying setup and then a full race setup. But they yeah. are going to allow them to make some kind of setup changes, more so than you can normally do under Park Fermate, just to make FP2 still a useful session, I suppose. Mm. Um, there are a couple of points of contention which it seems like they've the teams they've come to an agreement on now. One was the the plank at the base of the car, because obviously at the end of the race they measured the plank, and if you've worn it down too much, you're disqualified. Um, and the teams were worried that that plank is now going to have to do like race running rather than... Although, although the total running time over weekend is actually going to be less on a sprint race, more of that time is going to be in like race conditions. So the teams were worried that mm-hmm. there was more chance than wearing the plank then. But the FIA kind of stood firm on that and said, that's on you, set up the car to not do that kind of thing, which is kind of fair yeah. enough. Yeah, um, totally. The other thing was the clutches. So apparently a bunch of teams, people seem to think it's McLaren, Alpine, Aston Martin, and Alfa Romeo. It's part of their routine that after practice two or three, they um, open up the clutches and kind of put some shims in there where the clutch is worn away, um, which basically gives the clutch some more life. So obviously the more a clutch wears away, the uh, less effective it's going to be for, you know, finding biting point for starts and stuff. So it's a routine thing that they'll put some shims in the clutch to kind of beef it back out to the original thickness, which means that I can use a single clutch across the whole weekend and that's routine for them. But normally winter in Park Ferma, if you crack your clutch open, that's gonna be a, a grid penalty because it's one of the yeah. sort of SEAL components. So what the is saying now that is if teams can demonstrate to them that their clutch has worn excessively, they will be allowed to replace the clutch entirely on the cars. Um, these teams are saying that it um, potentially gives the teams that go for a more like hard wearing clutch that they don't need to do that potential advantage like they were even saying well we might have to sit out most of fp2 because if we do then by the time we get to the race right start our clutches are going to be no good because you won't let us put the shims in kind of thing so <laughs> i mean that's a weird just the, si- the simple solution
2: to that is build a better clutch Yeah, yeah, apparently it's just like doing
1: to it. (laughs) Yeah, apparently it's like there's just like two philosophies for F1 clutches, and like half the teams have harder wearing ones that will do a whole weekend no problem, and the other ones, I guess, there's a performance advantage somewhere to having the weight, isn't it? More wearing ones, yeah. It'll
0: be a light. It'll yeah, it'll it'll be a lighter weight. If it's less durable, it'll be more lightweight. Yeah, it does feel like
1: because they only agreed a lot of these like rule changes that needed to run sprint races like a few days ago it was ratified and it kind of felt like they came up with all this Mm. idea and then someone sort of had looked at the rule book and was like hang on Uh everyone none of this fits into the existing rules we need to make a bunch of changes here just simple things like the rule book says qualifying is on a saturday so they had to like change Mm. the official rules to say friday as well sometimes under certain circumstances Mm. (laughs) a formula (laughs) one race every sometimes yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, I guess the only other change of real significance is that there's points for sprint qualifying now. Top three will get three, two, and one points. So yeah, hmm. there's a handful more points on offer for the weekend, which for me, that's just making the gap between the faster cars and the slower cars even bigger than it already is. It's the same reason points yeah. for qualifying's always been a bad idea because it just opens that goal up even more because how often mm. is it a different three cars At the front in Mm. qualifying i I do find
0: i i find the points awarding points in a qualifying session in formula one what was supposed to be a qualifying session in formula one um objectable i'm not a fan of gaining points from qualifying sessions in grand prix racing
1: no a lot of other series do it and i can see the i can see the arguments for it but I know I this feels a bit arbitrary given, like well just uh, given,
0: given that the, the 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 leading teams especially in formula 1 it, like the gaps are such that or have historically been such that you know the leading team is going to just extend their like you just said they're just going to extend their advantage even more yeah it's
2: so. i think a lot of the other series that do it i mean i'm not saying they all do but a lot of the series that do it are more like spec-based, yeah. especially from an aero perspective. Yeah, like Formula E, Formula E do it. Yeah, um, um, I mean, in, in IndyCar, I think. IndyCar's got points for qualifying days, I think. I could um, be wrong, but I could be wrong ooh, on that not sure actually. Um, yeah. But, like, I mean, it, you, you support series as well, like F2 <clears throat> and so on, they have a point for pole position, I think, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Which, again, it's like, it's a spec series, so.
1: I think it's especially, like when you consider that in F1 sort of points and championship position plays a massive part in the financial yeah. stability of teams, like Williams would kill for one, two, or three points. Whereas this is going to be like, oh, Mercedes and Red Bull would be like, oh, I guess we'll get an extra couple of points for doing what we do every <clears> weekend anyway, sort of thing. It's, yeah. yeah.
2: I-, I think when the when the sprint grid is the qualifying order without changes, and then so is the race, I think that makes it a little less appealing having points on board. Yeah, like Obviously, you've got <clears throat> different separation of points in, say, F2, but they're doing three races over the course of a weekend and the, the starting grid's kind of getting flipped and turned around based on um, reverse grids and finishing positions in different races and things like that. So I think there's a little bit more chance for those more midfield drivers to like get an opportunity near the front uh, to show a bit of race craft where, where maybe you've got someone that's maybe not got a solid like one lap pace but can uh, kind of turn that sort of grid position into a, an okay finish suddenly gets an opportunity to show some race craft up at the front because of that reverse grid and so it's a little bit different I think in that scenario and
1: I think I'd have more time for ha- them having points for this if they had done reverse grid races, like you say. Like yeah. it, it, it gives yeah. it give you know the Williams and Hatties of the world something to actually like race for on these days, rather than it just being yeah. like, oh, you know, you, you start at the front, but it's like you, yeah. it's just delaying the inevitable kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like we've we've not made much speech about the fact that this is not our favorite choice of format for doing something different but that being said i am going into it with an open mind like i I want it to succeed i want it to be a really good time Mm. Um,
2: i'm i'm 100 for anything that leads to more track action for everybody to enjoy and i'll always be supportive of that it's more the fact that i just think it sometimes needs to be thought out a bit better and not just pander to the top teams because that that's why the the grid order's not being shuffled up and things. Yeah, that's why totally. it's the way yeah, it absolutely. is because that's the way to get your top teams to agree to it. Yeah. Is, well, that's, well look, that's the whole it's reason they've the points, points as well. yeah.
0: yeah. That's the whole reason they've put the points into it is just so they mm. can get the top teams to agree to it because they're yeah. going to
1: see it as a way of extending the extending their championship advantage. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this is like a stepping stone to them doing a more interesting version of the format in coming seasons. Yeah, um,
0: but you are right. Like, but I don't. I can't remember which one you said. I think you said it, Tom. Like, they do seem to pander way, way too much to the top teams, yeah, just and to the whims of what they want, and not really consider like what would be best for the sport on the whole. And I think that's yeah. like that runs through for me. The one that's not just in in the decision making process in this instance. It's you know, it's you look at. I rant about this all the time. The older money ferrari get for showing up yeah you know like it's things like that that are sort of stopping this sport from being the absolute best it could be and all we want i think all the three of us just want it to be the absolute best it can be yeah Um, yeah i mean
1: it's probably one of the like lifelong themes of this podcast is us questioning why the teams get a say in the rules at all I feel like we've said that multiple times every season we've been doing this like there aren't many other sports where the competitors get to choose the rules they're playing
2: (laughs) I mean when it it comes to formats and things I I personally don't have an issue with uh, like surveying teams involved and saying if this were to be changed how as a competitor would you feel about this to get an overall feel and like if you've got a vast majority of teams saying we don't like that idea, is something to think about because you don't want to drive like competitors and teams away because of things that are changing. So I, I understand asking them, but there's a difference between surveying them for an opinion and literally letting them vote on whether a rule change or format change is passed, yeah. which yeah. is what happens at the minute. And uh, I mean, we, pro- we probably said it countless times on here before but like somewhere in the middle is probably where it wants to be where yes the teams are consulted and and so on but yeah, it, it they're not directly making the rules
0: yeah they're experts so it, 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 yeah. they have valuable yeah. input it's worth worth knowing how like things you implement are going to affect the teams and whether or not the, the ideas that you have are feasible but but like if you
1: canvas the teams on something and you can like you know there's a clear um agenda correlation between like championship position and opinion on a rule change at that point you start asking questions about well hang on why do they have these opinions yeah Yeah.
0: well that's it like yeah i think the analogy well the 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 analysis at the end of the of the of the questioning period has to be what are the team's motives for giving these answers yeah you know put some thought into that and they don't really from where i'm sitting i can't really see much of that going on it feels a lot more like they just pander to the whims of all
1: of, of the most powerful teams yeah because i mean nine times out of ten the answer to that question is us like we are yeah. the ones that we care about when it comes to the rules yeah mm.
0: yeah big time so um what do we think do we think it's what, what's your expectations for the race on uh on, on saturday the sprint or f1 sprint
1: as it's being called uh, a number of the drivers have said they think it's going to be really processional because no one's going to want to take a risk um, hmm. I I think maybe that's seen, my worry as well. I mean,
2: the the thing for me though is that the thing that I find interesting about this that I think will will potentially play out over the course of a weekend like this. Look at someone like Daniel Ricciardo, who at the moment appears to be struggling to. It, I mean, it comes back to that sort of analogy I was using for F two drivers a minute ago, but. Like he appears to be having some difficulty extracting just raw, one lap, maximum potential pace out of the car. Yeah. But his racecraft this season, especially over the last few races, he's been gaining places kind of hand over fist. So he's been starting in like the teens, like that 13th kind of spot. And he's been finishing quite well into the points. Someone like Daniel Ricciardo probably looks at this Saturday sprint race as like, let's get as good a job done as i can on this friday qualifying session going to saturday looking to gain those i mean i mean yeah fair enough it's a third distance race so where he may normally gain five to six places let's just say he gains two or three but that's suddenly an even better position to be in on that sunday grand prix than he would have Mm. been in um so i think there'll be drivers out there like danny rick uh, specifically that will see this as a, a real opportunity to sort of just grab it and take full advantage yeah
0: i think you've hit like the nail on the head of one like one of the points i was going to make actually there was that's the way i'm looking at the at sprint qualifying is you kind of look at qualifying on fr- friday qualifying regular old you know fp uh, qualifying one two three qualifying you look at that as like you know the regular old qualifying session that's yeah. how qualifying is and then I see sprint qualifying as an opportunity for a driver to move himself that bit further up the field to give him the best chance in the race, or maybe and, like make up
1: for a mistake in qualifying and yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Like that. Or,
0: and and another uh, on the flip side of that as well is it's it's uh, there's pressure on drivers to maintain or improve their yeah. qualifying position as well. Yeah. So I can see like. I can see there being some races, like some proper racing going on during during the sprint race. I think there will be some, probably will be a bit of argy-bargy because people want to be further up the grid. But the thing I guess they're all going to be having the back of their mind is like, it is still qualifying. It's not the race. So yeah. you don't win the race. Just, just as you don't win the race into turn one, you certainly don't win the Grand Prix on a Saturday. No. So yeah. I, I'm struggling to sort of, Put my finger on until I see it. I'll put my finger on how on
1: a prediction of how it really is going to go. And that's it. I don't think. I think everyone's in the same boat. I don't think anyone really knows mm-hmm. what it's going to be until they're actually on track doing it. Like yeah. I thought. I thought it was interesting. There was a um, story going around that like Gunter Steiner has like said, "Oh, we're just like going to tell the drivers to keep their noses clean in the spring qualifying." Like surely for a team like Haas, where you're almost certainly going to be starting last and last ball on the grid. Surely this is an opportunity to be like, you know, obviously you don't want to smash your car to bits, but it's a bit of an opportunity to be like, well, if everyone else is going to play it safe, let's just have a go and like really throw it in there and yeah. see if we can gain a few positions while everyone else yeah. is taking it too easy. Like, problem is this is already so much slower than every other car. Yeah. Gonna, even, even in a sprint race, they're not going to yeah. be able to I mean, make inroads. Ultimately, Gunter's probably thinking of the uh, the bottom line before anything else, isn't they? <laughs> because yeah. they're on the... Sending front wings flying before they even get to the Grand Prix, I suppose. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I don't think there's much money coming from the championship at the end of the season for um, probably past not. This year. No. Um, so who who can benefit then? You know, you, you mentioned Ricardo. Ricardo could definitely yeah. benefit from it. Um, what other drivers have have, have sort of qualified? okay, but I'm going better in the race. I guess the Ferraris might be looking to make up a couple of places to get themselves in more con- contention. I'm just going to, yeah. to
1: avoid repeating ourselves, I'll, I'll grab a question out of the inbox. Lee said, do you think sprint qualifying will favour particular teams slash drivers in the same way normal qualifying sessions do? And do you, think, do you think you will see it affecting strategy and final results over the whole weekend? Um, I
2: mean, I probably agree with the Ferrari assessment. Um... I mean, it could adversely affect some people, like the first person that pops into my head for that would probably be someone like Pierre Gasly. Yeah. Who oh, I feel oh, I feel like in recent races has qualified over and above what his car is capable of, but then kind of, not not gone backwards in the race, but like the race pace of the, the higher top teams has essentially undone that hard work. So... I can I can see, like, an adverse effect for, say, the Alpha, Alpha Tower is.
1: Um, yeah. It's because the other way of looking at it is what it's effectively doing is making the race a third longer, but everyone gets to start on a free set of tyres and then there's an overnight red flag. Yeah. so that a, That's an interesting way of looking at it. That's a very so interesting way of looking at it. if you think about the kinds of teams and drivers that tend to go well on on your soft tyres, but maybe struggle a bit on the longer runs, on the mediums and hards. Like, And again, Ferrari probably fit that bill. Um, you'd maybe expect the Alpines to do all right. They tend to be more of a... I mean, oh, to be fair, the Alpine has not been great in anything recently. <laughs> yeah, I, don't yeah. I don't know about that, Chris. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Al- <laughs>
2: Alonso's, Alonso's, again, they're generally gone forward. Yeah. after issues in qualifying so I mean he might be one potentially along the line then it's again it's a
0: possibility the, yeah. but it's you know usually there's a bit of strategy involved in that as well and there's yeah. not really going to be the strategy side of it in this it's just going to be lights nope. to flag no pit stops no, I, no nonsense just, just it's a sprint race
1: I guess the format also suits drivers who are generally better at race starts because you get two goes at it to gain positions <laughs> at the start yeah yeah, and then you
0: have to, then you have only have to hold on for half an hour as well, effectively. After yeah, race start, yeah. You just got to hold into your position. For half Another an hour. factor, for I suppose,
1: way. is that come Sunday for the Grand Prix, there's going to be probably even more of a rubbered in line than usual. Yeah, yeah. So, is is there an, is there maybe you know maybe if you're a Williams or a Haas and you're running in a even numbered position. Would Is there maybe a savvy choice to deliberately drop a place so you're going to start on the cleaner side of the grid on Sunday, knowing you'll wow. probably get that position back and maybe want to see more? Wow. If, if it's that, you know. Chris, like you I'd,
0: sly fox, you.
1: I mean, that is that is a very F1 way to think about things. <laughs> I don't know if they would, but nah, I guess it depends on the were. track, doesn't it? Like how track, yeah. Just how big a difference the clean and dirty yeah. side are. Yeah.
0: Um, Silverstone I mean th- th- there is a bit of a difference I suppose. there's a lot of running happens at Silverstone anyway so there's not going to be a massive difference in Yeah because we've got but
1: well, we've got W
0: series and F3 I think. Two. No. Is it F2 F3? this weekend? Yeah, F2. Yeah, it was hmm. F3 last weekend so it's F2 uh, this weekend.
1: Um Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. Um, yeah,
0: I'm very. I'm, I'm actually quite excited for it. I, I, I do like the. I love the analogy of um, it's like a third of a Grand Prix and then red flag overnight. It's <laughs> like, kind of what it is. Yeah, it, I mean, the, you know, Formula One are never going to say that. <laughs> so, no. no, this is like a big deal for those guys. Like they, they've given it its own name and everything. And that, like they're really. Not, they're really it pushing it, yeah, and it's got like a sponsor and stuff as well. So it's 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 serious, you know. And that's another factor as to why they're doing it because it's an extra bit of marketing and an extra bit of money yeah. they can make yeah. for, for the company, which is you know not a bad thing because it means that there's more money to go around between all the teams or or more money that can go into making the sport better. So
2: I mean, oh. I, I'd be interested to see like what it uh, has in terms of a um like a new viewer appeal like someone yeah. who like has maybe seen formula one around like i mean come on if you're in the uk you don't have to even know how formula one works you know like say who lewis hamilton is because yeah. he's that well known a personality well, so like some, somebody in the world yeah some somebody that like maybe knows a couple of the names sees bits and pieces of it on the news but thinks i don't want to sit down for like two hours to to get into it does a 30 minute sprint race maybe Give someone like that an opportunity to think. Do you know? What? I'll give I'll give this a go on a Saturday evening and yeah. see yeah, see what that's... see if they then sort of we'll... get drawn into it from that. I guess
0: definitely younger. I mean, the whole idea is younger audience. It's the 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 point, one of the big sort of messaging points through the whole thing has been they want young people to be more into it than they are. So and and yeah. part of, and you know the the perception is that young people. I mean, this is not necessarily Formula 1's perception, but just broadly speaking, I guess, would be that young, young, young people have much shorter attention span and not interested in yeah. sitting down for two hours. I mean, to well, you know, you've only I mean look at the what race. they do
2: with the cricket, though. Like, you've got, cricket's gone to having uh, an incredibly popular 20-over series in the 2020s for however long it's been now. And then now even shortening that to the 100, mm. that new format that they've, they've yeah, got. Yeah, we were running. talking
0: about that last night.
2: And it, so, like, that's the same sort of thing. It's like taking a sport that has, I guess, a, a prolonged play time in terms of start to end and trying to compact it down to something that's more easily digestible for someone that maybe doesn't... Because, I mean, come on, we all sit around from Thursday morning until Sunday night basically living F1 on an F1 weekend. Watch all the and, things. And some people... But it's you not know, for them. So that 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 little bit of digestible content to is maybe like, uh, ideal just, just for them. Really
0: quick before you do, Chris, I, I don't know if I would watch every session of Formula One if I didn't work there. Like I don't, it, and this is <laughs> you know this is literally coming for someone who does it for a living, like works there for a living. Like I don't usually watch practice on a Friday now because I don't. Well, I mean, I tell a lie actually. I, if I'm not doing anything on a Friday, then I'll stick practice on. But I, I don't sit and, like, analyze and watch practice. I just, like, check in afterwards and yeah, find out race pace paces and, and the
1: qualifying paces from that. It's kind of background viewing for me, Friday practice. Yeah, yeah
2: it is. Uh, let's open it in a picture-in-picture window in the bottom yeah, exactly. corner of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you yeah, can kind of glance. And don't, don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not... Like, some weekends, if I'm able to do it because I'm not working... I would just like lay around the house and I'd watch every mm. session and every single support rate. I'd watch every single minute of it if I could. But the reality of it is, with a lot of it going on on a Friday, I wouldn't, I never have that opportunity. So most of the time, Friday sessions for me are like picture in picture background noise, like instead of sticking a podcast on to work to or some music, that's what's on mm. <laughs> instead.
0: For me, like I, I would, I, I'm much more interested in just watching qualifying in a race. Like, and I think mm-hmm. that their their idea is that they want mm-hmm. people, they do want, they want more of you, Tom. They want more people to watch every session as well. Yeah. So that so, and that's the thinking is let's make it interest. Let's have something interesting happen. Every well, single the, day.
2: that's it. Is more about let's make a session of worth every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it might not necessarily be. Exactly the thought process, but how many people would turn from just buying a Sunday race day ticket to a full weekend ticket when they know that they've got Friday qualifying, Saturday race, Sunday race? How many people for Silverstone this weekend would normally have just bought a Sunday race day ticket yeah. and have now decided that they want a yeah. full weekend ticket on the basis of this? It's an interesting this question. thing, and I mean from. As you two both know, and I'm sure a lot of people listening know, there's not a huge amount of difference in price between a Sunday race ticket and a weekend ticket. At least no. there wasn't. Whether that'll stay the same when there's yeah. three meaningful days of running
1: probably not. is
2: another question. Which would be a shame because that was the that was always the beauty of like getting a weekend ticket is sort of from a my frugal british nature was well it's only costing me york yeah my york, my yorkshire <laughs> heritage it was well i'm only spending like 30 quid extra to, <laughs> to watch a full <laughs> weekend in, in yeah. compared to like buying a race day ticket so there was always that so it'd be a shame to see that kind of compromise but it, i mean if it brings more money in, and then that gets spread evenly, <laughs> it's a different matter, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? it? But that'll never happen. <laughs> yeah,
0: we need to let Chris in because Chris had a
1: looked like he was itching to make a point there, and I kept talking over him. What were we going to say, Chris? Um, what was I going to? Oh yeah, to go back to your like cricket analogy though. The yes, twenty twenty has been very successful, and I'm sure the hundred will be. But they've kind of been killing the one day game, particularly county cricket, in the process. And you know, the worry is always there that by trying to pander to a new set of fans, you kill the ones that are already there. Because like right. you've yeah. only got to look yeah. at the kind of products that are advertised during F1 races to see that the <laughs> in terms of the the people putting money into it, the demographic is still very much the like middle aged man. Watchfinder.com. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: please please don't ever show me another workday advert. <laughs> yeah. Did you know what? I I wanna just this is probably not really worth Mentioning, but I'm going to say anyway because it's just. Positive. Do it, go for it, do it. So you know the workday advert that I, I don't think that's an internationally oh, shown so, one. It's so just so bad. annoyingly cheesy because Formula One as a sport is crowbarred into it for a start. It really is. Yeah. but the irony is that that advert caused me to go for our business with a different provider of HR system because I was looking through the list workday came up and I'm like, I'm not having that because I'm already sick of seeing it. There's no way I want to log into that wow. every day to manage HR. Well, That's- I think
0: part of that is that that, that advert is just, uh, just to, just to go into it on a, <laughs> let's turn it into an advertising podcast for a second. <laughs> that ad is so bad. Yeah, that, but it's it's almost off-putting. Like it's in I, as someone who runs um... a business myself, I, I don't think I'd want to use that HR company based on that advert.
1: There's <laughs> that like, there's a certain kind of like F1 ad where like obviously you know they've have got the parties that can use an F1 footage, and it will just be some like generic, meaningless yeah. F1 footage, normally from like two or three different seasons, and then yeah. the voiceover will just be something like. Precision and power it's, always get the job yeah. done, or something. No, Just pick some buzzwords. Happens change
0: happens fast. Yeah. That's, yeah, the, change ha- happens that's fast. the HR one. Well, the, the hilarious thing fast. is, like, we're, we're talking about it, and people yeah, are going to go to their probably the listeners are going to go and have a look at what that is now. We'll have to reinforce So <laughs> it's kind of like doing its job, you know. Like we'll it's, it's we'll get into it through the workday
2: day and tell them an advertising <laughs> slot.
0: But yeah, I would definitely be having a word with whatever ad agency. <laughs> if i was uh hey if i was running workday because yeah that's um
2: not i mean there time. was the beauty of that one for me just before we move away from it is that when it very first started the footage that they used was from a bumper cam that wasn't even an f1 circuit i'm sure i'm almost <laughs> adamant of it i'm almost adamant yeah. it was it's just one of the american circuits yeah. I'm pretty sure I, yeah, I'm probably. 100% I'd have to go back and look at it. But and then, like, I just remember seeing in, it and thinking, it. this isn't even F1. And then yeah. suddenly it became they like, really, you say, F1 content. They had
0: really, really, really bad in-situ type, like zoom yeah. into the camera as well <laughs> as they did. And, yeah. it just, and that's like, as a designer, that's my least favorite thing <laughs> yeah. in the world. In-situ text, you ask anyone who I've ever spoke to about design, in-situ text is like my... It's like the devil to me. Like I just don't get why people do it. it never, uh, even you could do it to the highest possible standard, and it never, it, ha- it hardly ever looks good. There's one place that I've ever seen it look really good, and that's on the opening to. Um, <laughs> that's on the opening to, uh, Zombieland. Zo- the opening to Zombieland does it really well. It's the opening yeah. credits on Zombieland, and uh, so it's like of a montage in slow motion of loads of zombie stuff happening. And they, um, the the text is sort of bouncing off characters and, and, and shattering yeah, and going into bits yeah. and stuff and, and getting knocked off of like an imaginary plinth, if you like. But even then, it's still bizarre because you've got floating text defying gravity. <laughs> yeah. So it's still ridiculous. It's still like you have to suspend your disbelief in order to uh, thing. But it's just a very like, to me, it's a really like clutching at straws design option. Like, oh, we have run out of ideas. So we'll just do in situ time. Yeah.
2: And that's right. it for this week. So <laughs> <advertising appointment. laughs>
0: yeah, sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I started well, well, well. it. I, I, I can't blame you. I started it. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Paul D yeah. in the chat has said, "How do you know
1: that?" Get
2: how do, you know go, that? Go away.
1: How, how do you know that? Go away. How do you know that? How did you just is, pay them? I'll happily, happily the watch annoying. those HR adverts over and over again for never having to see <laughs> the AWS adverts again. Okay.
2: <laughs> I just miss Kimmy in his alpha going, going ahead. Oh, man. That was After rough. Do you.
0: That was literally like the music in that was every, literally because I was that was when I was doing Friday, Saturday, Sundays, and the music was just constant, like this wailing music every like 20 minutes. Yeah.
1: My friend, anyway, we're, gone. we're way, off. way off. We're way off. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's been. There's not a lot else going on. the only, The only other thing of note is that um, there's going to be like a, a live streamed event on Thursday, um, and as part of it, they're going to be like unveiling a full size model of a 2022 car, or at least yeah. a car to the 2022 specs that people who don't work for teams have come up with. So, yeah, yeah. yeah as we Nothing all know right, from, the final product <laughs> yeah as we all know from the platypus nose era all the best rules in the world you can never predict what the teams are actually going to do with them yeah um, but it is
0: ex- it's good to see it's good to see a, uh, something it's good to see oh yeah it'll are, be cool um it's good to see an example of what's going to be around um going around the circuits next year so and I'm, there's gonna I'm, be... I'm actually really excited by this and i've seen a lot of stuff in relation to it today because i'm doing a bit of design work for it and it looks really cool
1: There's going to be a talk from a panel of as-yet-unnamed experts talking about the sort of philosophy behind it and stuff, which should be interesting. Um, Mm. I I, I pasted this uh, marketing spiel in because it's... I saw
0: that. I'm I'm (laughs) not reading
1: that. You read it. I'll read it. The new era will officially kick off on Thursday at Silverstone with F1 One Begins. That wasn't a mistake. It's called F1 One Begins a dynamic launch event that will take fans on a journey through the ages before arriving at the most futuristic racing car of all time.
0: Wow. Chris, we should have got you for the VO for that, man. I know, right? F1-1 begins, though. Yeah, F1-1 begins is Mm. dumb.
2: That's (laughs) like it. I really don't get it.
0: It's f one One begins. One begins.
2: Yeah, but what's the relevance of one begins? I I have no
0: idea. It's just like what the queen says (laughs) when she starts doing something.
2: One (laughs) One begins begins. a sentence with one. (laughs) Exactly.
3: Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So yeah, exciting. Um, Thursday is going to be new car. Um, So well worth checking out. Um, And you might even see a little bit of some bits snippets of my work as well in there. Mm. Nice for everyone. Um, that was quite nice for me because
3: they had the conne- like
0: connection to the podcast they had that third size model a while back didn't they and that looked very cool yeah yeah um yeah they did it does it looks a cool car I, I, I'm excited to see if they've put a livery on it I, I, from what I've seen I, i'm not sure there is all a the renders point. have like it's a livery. red yeah. f1 themed livery yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's, nice idea. Idea. that's it's a lot cheaper to render than it is to, uh, <laughs> to give a car a full-on that's in. very true. Um, anyway, it's probably time we did some storylines. Yes. You so, um, my first storylines, I am going to touch, you know, we'll, 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 circle back to, um, to the sprint race stuff because I, I do have a couple of sort of other things to, to talk about and to conclude on, on the sprint race thing, but let's just, um, skip that for a moment and we'll talk about Mercedes. Mercedes need to get Hamilton's championship back on track at Silverstone. Will they will the promised upgrades give their chances a much needed boost at a circuit where they have been dominant in the past?
1: It well, we've already said it a few times this season. If Red Bull win here, they can win yeah. anywhere. Like mm. there isn't this is much, a much big race. There isn't much more of a Mercedes stronghold than Silverstone, is there? And I mean, Hamilton like And Hamilton there as well, he's like
0: Hamilton's been it's very good there in pretty the last unbeatable time combination. The last time Mercedes were beat there was I think I think it was three seasons ago. I think Vettel was the last person in a Ferrari was the last person to beat Mercedes. Yes,
1: he yeah, did, because the Ferraris was, like did formation flying home and then when Mercedes won in Italy, they did formation flying in response. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because before that it was pre hybrid era.
1: Yeah. And it's it, yeah, the red bull pretty, years. Yeah, it, was yeah, red bull.
0: It, was, it was Matt Weber. In, which yeah. brings me nicely onto my next storyline. Can Red Bull continue their championship charge as a circuit where they haven't won since twenty twelve with Mark Webber?
1: Damn. I mean, it, Mercedes, it feels like
0: they should have won since then, doesn't it? Yeah, they, it does haven't actually, it. yeah. they haven't won it. They haven't won it since twenty
1: twelve. Mercedes just simply have to win this. They they have to.
0: They re- if, if they don't, then they're in a lot of trouble for the rest of the season. They're going to have to throw such big upgrades at it if, if they can't get ahead this weekend. Mm. And I'm not sure they'll want to. Well they definitely don't want to. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, they already they already don't want to, yeah. but <laughs> they're finding the need to have to.
0: But they're literally at a point now where the, Reb- uh, the McLarens are sort of nipping at their heels. Mm. Yeah. So
1: they've they just have no choice but to throw some upgrades at that car and it would be a shame for this championship to be decided by the point where mercedes stopped trying <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah. that's you know which would not take any of the achievement away from verstappen of red bull but it would maybe feel a bit of an anticlimax if it was just like oh well we've given up yeah
2: yeah
0: not that ever say it, it would that. be a shame because this this the final season of a of an of an aero sort of generation tends to be really good and yeah. yeah there's still there's life in this season yeah i think if, oh, if mercedes if mercedes w- can get it together this race or in or even in the following races or second half of the season there's definitely you know it's not an insurmountable task for mercedes no. to get on what? top of this car and get get a get a foothold on this championship one but,
1: dnf of a step yeah. all it takes and, and it's yeah. happened once many of yeah, and how many of them have we seen in the last few seasons? Like yeah. Red Bull's breaking down, is not an uncommon sight. Um, it's, mm. it's more so this season, but still, it's all it'll take. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, so we just spoke about the McLarens. Um, Norris can can Norris continue his run of form, and can Red Bull uh, sorry, Red Bull can Ricardo um, <laughs> perform at a circuit where he usually goes? Oh, Ricardo's got quite a good uh, history at.
1: Um, mm. Yeah, he has, but McLaren haven't in recent years. Um, like mm. even last year, when the McLaren was pretty decent, I feel like they didn't have the best yeah. of times. Mm. Well, that's worrying I, because
0: Lando Norris is my mega driver this weekend. In <laughs> <our> <laughs> fantasy team is um,
2: it was was he top five last year? I, think, I don't even think he was like that, that. To be honest,
0: he was no R- Ricardo or Norris. Norris. Nor oh Norris. Oh. Let me get it on my screen.
1: I feel like he was pretty.
2: far I can't now. remember where Ricardo was. If I'm t- totally honest, but uh, Ricardo I mean, was fifth or fourth. Yeah.
0: No, Ricardo came fourth for in the Renault. And um, uh, yes, yeah. of course he did. Cyril had to get a tattoo, which I don't believe he ever got. But I could be. No, right
1: the wrong. tattoo was for a podium though, because the Silverstone, it? it was like, oh, it was almost. Oh, that was it. Yeah, all, it was almost, almost time.
0: You're almost getting a tattoo, and then he went and yeah. got a
1: podium. at, Was it Italy? You yeah. got a podium. You got two, yeah. didn't he? You got Italy and. Somewhere else,
2: uh, another, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: what was I looking for for Silverstone?
2: Where Norris we came last Norris year, finished.
0: that was it. Uh, 2020 Norris came somewhere. Oh my god, so much information. Lando Norris was ninth, actually. Yeah. Um, one of his less close. good results of the year. Um, oh, It was fifth in the British Grand Prix and then ninth in the 70th anniversary. Ah, uh, okay. There you
2: go.
0: So actually, you know, he is Mr. Fifth at the moment. He's coming fifth a lot. Um, yeah. He's, just, he's on the back of a brilliant result in Austria. A well-earned result. So I think they could be... They're kind of like... Mm. They're clearly like... So in some sort of middle ground in performance at the moment between Red Bull and Mercedes. So could it be that yeah. they're like the perfect hybrid of those two cars? And they, it well, that mean uh, that they could perform really well this weekend?
2: That's what I was thinking is like, it could just prove the legitimacy of their recent good form is that they are just kind of somewhere in between the two cars philosophy-wise. And it, it means that they're, pretty good at everything, whereas the Red Bull and the Merc may be exceptional in very specific circumstances, yeah. and the mm-hmm. McLaren's a bit of a better all-rounder. I mean, I really hope that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we'd, we'll see. But, I've, I mean, I've got faith. I've got faith that, based on what we've seen recently, that Lando can be sort of snapping at the heels of whichever, if not both, Mercedes and Red Bull are coming out on top.
0: I mean, based on last weekend, where how how quick Norris was in that McLaren. If they can hook it up mm. again and get that car into a sort of a good make make a good race car for him, then we could be looking at a three horse race for this race for the yeah for the for the race win. On Sunday. I mean that that
2: is very optimistic.
1: But... Yeah, that feels ambitious, but I'd love to see it.
0: I mean yeah. I'm, I'm, you know it's not a, let's let's not forget Red Bull have not been brilliant around this circuit for the last sort of f- yeah. few years. Um Mercedes are, are off the pace at the moment compared to their ultimate pace and McLaren are sort of there or thereabouts with those
1: top 2 at the moment. So I think mm-hmm. it could it could be in with it could be in I the mean, mix. I'd uh, love I'd love to be wrong, but I've got less confidence in how well that McLaren will go around Silverstone than you two.
2: Mm. Mm. I, I, I'm just in this, like, bizarre scenario where I kind of want to see a turn one incident between leaders after quality in sprint race. Something that's sending
1: yeah, that
2: high-profile drivers to the back of the grid. Yeah, Whether that's them again, fighting like... through in the sprint or... Its that they're, they're in such a bad state that essentially they're starting the Grand Prix from the back. I mean, can you imagine a scenario where you're watching the likes of Hamilton and Verstappen not only racing each other but having to fight through the field whilst oh, doing that, it? Yeah I that'd mean,' be awesome. We, we sing praises of drivers like that when one of them has a, an issue that causes them to start at the back, like a, a mistake in qualifying, whatever it might be, but to actually see two of them. Racing each other from the back through the field would be a sight. I think. I mean, it'll probably never happen. I'm being way too like. <laughs> if they just came together at turn
1: one of the sprint race, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not impossible, is it? Could happen. And I, I think that is maybe it's where it's where some of the excitement of a sprint race could come alive. Is like that yeah. that kind of incident has a huge impact on a Grand Prix race the next day. Yeah, but also i think that's where it comes back to the point we were making where a lot of the drivers are are playing it safe in that sprint race to avoid that exact scenario like i think that the whole like pushing wide and giving each other room thing that we've talked about in recent times i think there's going to be way more drivers backing out of those scenarios and 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 like conceding the position than trying to hang it around the outside and so on and and risk Mm. A bad starting position for the for the Grand Prix on the Sunday, but
0: it it, it does change the dynamic of 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 the in between bit of races yeah. quite substantially, actually, doesn't it? Because you, it, it adds pressure, all kinds of different pressure at different points in the in the in the race weekend. For example, Mercedes, Red Bull, maybe McLaren, and I'm saying a big maybe for McLaren is there's a little bit less pressure on qualifying really, really well because you know, you can probably have a better race car and make up those races. Yeah. Yeah. Make up those positions in the sprint race. Whereas if you qualify well, then the pressure is on to maintain that position and, and sort of not give up any ground. So yeah it, the dynamic it, it does shift the dynamic an awful lot doesn't it it's a really really interesting sort yeah. of thought experiment the whole thing i'm re- i am really really excited to see actually the more we talk about it the more <laughs> keen i mm-hmm. am to see because i came into doing this today a little bit skeptical of the sprint race but now i'm kind of feeling a bit more optimistic
1: about it um, i will say as well like for all this talk of uh, how much they're just gonna be risk averse and take it easy these are still racing drivers we're talking about. And for all that yeah. talk, once the visor's down and they're like wheel-to-wheel yeah. with someone. Yeah. Once you know. the
0: elbows are out.
1: You know, it, exactly, only, it only yeah. takes one
0: person to have like a really amazing sprint race and suddenly the pressure's on for yeah. everyone around them. And, you know, every suddenly you've got everyone defending positions, getting into scrapes, you know, damaging front wings, getting punctures, all kinds of things. So well, it literally it's... just takes one cat
1: among the pigeons and then you all hell breaks loose. We just think about when they brought in the fastest lap points. Like initially everyone was a bit like, Oh, I'm not sure that's going to make much difference. But then as soon as like one or two people started taking a pit stop and really going for it now, like everyone who has the chance goes for it. It just like takes like say one or two to really benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the next storyline, still doing storylines.
0: The next storyline is Aston <laughs> Martin. Um, they've been bringing lots of upgrades in recent races, and I'm just interested to see sort of where they end up. Um, as they, they're sort of still kind of in that early because they've been, been bringing so many updates and such big updates at times, especially with their, you know, they've been going from front to back of the car. They've ha- added all sorts to it. The front wing's got a totally different profile to it. They're running the car with a lot more rake now. Um, I'm interested to see if their sort of developments can continue to turn themselves into results. So that's there, p- another one for you, if you've got yeah. anything to add to that.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm indifferent about Aston Martin at the moment. Like, it's particularly Vettel. <laughs> it's just, like, I'm just,
0: cold ambivalence. It is, a, like,
2: But, I mean, he's finished way down the order and DNF'd more, and, and DNF'd included like more races than he's finished in the points this season Mm. and Stroll's like finishing in the points say more often than not but it's still only for like 10th, 9th and 8th and not really making any serious headway into those top 10 positions Um,
1: it's been a very disappointing season for themselves yeah I I mean other than that
2: podium in Azerbaijan for, for Vettel I think that's sort of the highlight and I just think things need to sort of start changing with those upgrades. I mean, it's not like they've not been finding pace. They've definitely been getting quicker, but something's still not quite right for them from a race craft perspective, whether that's driver issue or car, I'm not sure. But I just feel like we keep seeing these opportunities that are then just going by the wayside because Vettel's going backwards in the race from his starting position and things like that. Yeah. And I'm, no, I'm not saying it's Vettel's fault for the record. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, like at the end of last race, he just got <clears> straight <throat> up taken out by Kim <laughs> before, real Neither Never breathing
1: in the points. <laughs>
0: it's yeah. Bizarre.
1: yeah. So, at um, least though they are actually just going away and quietly working up grades and not yeah. moaning about how unfair it is as they started the season, because I don't think anyone had much time for that.
2: Yeah. I mean, what was really weird for me is like, this has been a season where I've kind of weirdly forgotten that Lance Stroll kind of exists Mm. like I feel like he's just not really been anywhere (laughs) in terms of like he's not in that that sort of best of the rest action and he's not even in the scraps at the back he just seems to be somewhere in the middle most of the time and you you maybe see somebody like coming through the field that has a, a a bit of a fight with him for a few corners like putting up a bit of a fight but I just feel like he's had very little coverage so far this season. He's quite anonymous. Because, yeah. yeah, he's just like not really been involved in much. So it'd be nice yeah. for that to change as well and I'd and, kind of
1: extend that to the whole team to be honest. Like for all the yeah. fanfare pre-season about Aston Martin coming back and the green livery and all that. They've just yeah. been kind of anonymous and Well, here's yeah. an
0: interesting factoid for you. They're um they're talking about changing their livery Aston mm. Martin. I saw because, this, yeah. They feel like their car's not standing out on the track. It's from um, wrong green. Quite enough. Yeah. It's, well, it does look a lot like the Mercedes, to be fair. Um, I think if you just see a. Is that some kind
2: of gem at the <laughs> no, top? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I'm
0: saying. No, Tom. Oh, my God. <laughs> Keyboard Warriors. I'm just Down
2: saying. Tools. You, you said he looks a lot like the Mercedes. <laughs> last,
1: last time, the Nick a car, but this time, that could only get some paint pops. He could only get the paint job, yeah. No, um, and. <laughs> It like it's it can be
0: quite hard to distinguish. I think between those two cars, just if you get a flash of it, mm. like or if you get like just the rear of the car, like most cars, you mm. can you can get a good idea of what's what. Whereas with those two, they're difficult to differentiate because they're both just so dark. So um, are there, Aston Martin are talking about bringing in a, a new brighter colour to help it stand out on TV. They say it looks <laughs> great in person and in the sun mm. and the light yeah. but as soon as it clouds shots. over and in studio shots but as soon as it clouds over that sort of it's not british racing green is it it's more like a really dark petrol blue kind of well yeah i don't know mm. like every this i'm opening a can of worms here because people will be like oh no it's green no it's blue so it's yeah it's just, i don't know what their official name for that color is but I definitely think is, I'd like to. I'd quite like to see a brighter Aston. there's a lot of like dark. If it's, it's, it's either blue or it's quite dark, I think on the at the moment on the grid. So I'd, I'd quite I'd welcome some more brightly coloured cars. I think it might yeah. be like
2: sort of a metallic-y kind of nature to it. Maybe like a lot of the cars now are going yeah. for that sort of more matte finish. Yeah, maybe well, something in, like that would help.
0: In sports cars, they run. They usually run one that's like a bright fluorescent yellow, almost like the brawn, bronze, yeah, with a, with, yeah. A, with a black, or yellow,
2: black line work and stuff. Usually, yeah, yeah. And knows. they
0: usually have, I think the other color they have is um, they have a uh,
1: they have like a pink colored one, I think, as well, which I think would be a oh, bit, I can't
2: think of that one.
1: Is it a pink? Yeah, they they definitely use neon pink for some of the detailing on some of the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see some of that like bright. The bright fluorescent
0: yellow, I think, it'd look really cool on a Formula One car. Bring that back. Yeah. Bring bring back the Braun days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My next storyline is Russell's Russell seat um, helmet. Marco thinks a Red Bull move would be worth considering <laughs> for the Brit. Um, hmm. Could this be enough to pressure Mercedes into getting a deal done? That part. Yeah, stirring that pot. Yeah, stirring old pot, old helmet.
1: Um, where better to announce than the British Grand Prix weekend? Well, David Croft um, on some radio thing in recent days said that um, sort of sources he trusts have told him that um, it's already a done deal, and that they were waiting for the British Grand Prix weekend to announce it. And you know, for we we give David Croft a lot of crap around here, but he's never been one to just be like flapping his mouth about random rumours for the sake of it. Like he doesn't really. He didn't really do that all that much. If, no, you're right. Actually, I've, you don't so, hear him, like flapping about random rumours, do you? No. So the fact that he felt comfortable saying that, um, maybe has a bit of weight to it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. To, I wouldn't like to give him too much credit, but
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, I mean, I mean um, yeah, I, yeah, he's not. He's not really in a position where he needs to make those yeah, kind of things up for the cloud one, does, does it? it like no he's but, he's, but he's in the worked. highest position of his <laughs> industry for that <laughs> sort of thing but yeah, yeah.
1: he, he could, historically <laughs> he, he hasn't though you know like he's, he's not like right. Jordan, who let's yeah, make let's make a hundred, the hundred of cried wolf, different yeah. predictions and then one of them comes true kind of thing yeah
3: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah so yeah, do you do you think do you guys think it'll happen this weekend? I think in I think there's enough groundswell now that I've I've, I've heard enough rumors from enough sources that I think maybe it might
1: happen. I again. I've got a feeling it will, and I, I kind of hope it does as much out of respect for Bottas as anything else. I yeah. think Give Bottas Bottas yeah. deserves half a season to go and find himself another seat. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it'd be very harsh for him to find out he was out of a job in like October. And oh goodness, yeah, that'd be. Rubbish. Suddenly, he's got to and else has got knocking on the door. Of, drives
0: tied up, yeah, yeah, exactly. Knocking yeah. on Indy car
1: doors and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the the final storyline then for this week is kind of a mixture of it's, it's essentially just a final say on what what we think to the sprint race format in advance of the race, and then we can come back and obviously we'll <clears> talk at length about it. Afterwards, so um, in the next episode. So um yeah, how will the F? How will F one sprint affect the Grand Prix? Will the sprint race be any good? Who stands to gain and who stands to lose out the most from the new format?
2: I mean, I'm optimistic and I, I'm confident for someone like Danny Rick, Like I was saying before, that if he, if he's still not quite got his finger on the one lap pace, it's a good opportunity for him to. Claw back some of those positions for the Grand Prix itself. So I think yeah. I think someone like that would be a good person to like kind of to gain. From keep it. an eye out for in that sprint race and, and watch what he's up to in that sprint race.
0: Yeah, I think another one to watch is is a, it is actually George Russell as well because mm-hmm. he's obviously he qualifies very well, has qualified very well lately, and um, doesn't necessarily always maintain the position that he qualifies in. So it'll be, he's definitely one to watch in the sprint race for sure. Yeah, George Russell, because yeah. you don't want to be losing. Obviously he's most, at I think he would be the most at risk of losing positions. Yeah. And that's it's, in a motor race. That's very clearly the opposite <laughs> of what you want. So um, yes. yeah, I definitely have an eye on, have half an eye on George Russell. So we've got someone who's gained a lot there. Someone who stands to gain as Ricardo. Russell stands to possibly, could I think, could be the driver
1: to lose out the most. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it kind of depends on how well that Williams is able to qualify. And I think Silverstone, Silverstone's a track that is really going to pick at any flaws you've got in your car. So I don't think mm-hmm. Williams are going to have as nice a time here as they have in recent races. But then again, the way that Russell's been qualifying recently, that's never really stopped him all that much, has it?
2: No, no. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah fi- final four on the sprint race will it be any good yes or
2: no i think it should be interesting i think it, i think it's definitely it i mean i can't understand holding like reservations about it and being negative about it until we've actually seen it happen basically
1: yeah that's fair chris my 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 gut feeling the whole time has been that it's probably going to be a little anticlimactic and not have that much consequence on the result of the weekend but i'm i'm going to be watching it ready to be proven wrong and i'm regardless i'm glad it's happening because the fact that it's the fact that something is happening that is different to the normal format and they're trying different things i think is a real positive thing
0: yeah Yeah. yeah i agree with you there i'm very pleased that they're they're at least able nowadays to try something new because I think in years gone by you know just five years ago that there's just no way on earth
1: they'd even be talking about doing anything like this never mind actually going Mm -hmm. ahead and giving it a whirl so and I have so little time for that yeah but it's always been like this argument like oh yeah yeah. 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 that's that's not a reason to not try something yeah Um, Yeah. imagine if they
0: had that attitude with the car designs (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) literally no one ever do anything um. Will I think it will be? I don't know if it will be an amazing race, the sprint race, because I think it will lack some of that. I, I think it will lack a bit of strategy. I think it is. I think over simple. There's a re, the reason for me that Formula One races work is because they they're they're strategic and there's a yeah. there's nuance to them, and this for me kind of oversimplifies it a little bit
2: all that's taken away isn't it
0: but at the same time when you look at it like a short race then a red flag then the continuation of the race the next day then that kind of nullifies the argument somewhat so and it can even add add strategy into yeah there's going to be strategic elements to this to this sprint race that no one's even thought of yet. And there's going to be outcomes of it that that lead to different situations that no one's even thought of yet. And that's, I think, the thing that I'm most excited to see is how the race overall integrates into the rest of the race weekend and the effects it has on the race, the Grand Prix proper.
2: I mean, Mm. I'm interested to see what they'll do from a tyre strategy perspective perspective for the sprint race because in in my head I've got this like idea that there's an argument to maybe use say the the hard compound and really go for it and and just like seriously just use as much of that tire as possible yeah and then gain positions in that sprint race environment and then go on to maybe either using the hard tyre again in the Grand Prix, but sort of looking after it more or, you know, running mediums and softs in the Grand Prix. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, part of me thinks that the obvious choice is to like have the medium compound tyre because that would do a hundred kilometre sprint race comfortably. Yeah. But then the other option to me is those hard tyres that they wouldn't necessarily normally use and would maybe go to the wayside or just get used in practice. Maybe like really use the best of those and save stuff like mediums for Grand Prix. I I don't know. I I feel like there there could be some strategic nuance to it. It's just whether or not anyone has the. The guts yeah. to go for it, I guess, yeah. or if there is actually any benefit and it all
0: de- it depends on the tire way, because mm-hmm. you could you could yeah. see it's not it's not like they're not allowed to make a pit stop. They're, they can make a pit yeah. stop still. Yeah. So the expectation is that they won't because it's only a hundred kilometres. But you could find ourselves in a situation where and I don't believe there's any rule because there's no rules on which tire you run and using what tyre, you know, you've got to use this tire or this tire. It could be that someone just sends it on the softs right at the start. Mm. Yeah gets two. a lead and that or gets gets a gets a good gap and then comes back in puts another set of soft on and does an old, mm-hmm. the Charles Leclerc it's exactly Bahrain, what I was just thinking. Yeah yeah. You know. So Yeah
2: because I mean looking back down to F2 it is it's a good benchmark for I guess what is possible in terms of sprint race strategy with things like that because yeah. the 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 sort of the seemingly obvious go for a tire that will just do the distance and and do it is not necessarily always the best way to do it especially exactly. if the if the delta difference between the medium and the soft for example is so great that you can pull that gap like what you're saying and pit and I mean, all it takes is a safety car for someone doing that yeah. in the sprint race game changer
0: <laughs> and i guess you know and that <laughs> is the strategy element that i'm looking for in a sprint yeah. race really so yeah there's no reason why it can't be a great race. It'll just be a little bit shorter than well quite a lot shorter than <laughs> yeah. a normal Formula 1 race and yeah, I'm all for uh, that. I'm I'm excited to see how it turns out.
1: I think going forward as well like when they're looking at other races to do this format at the length of pit lanes is probably something that should take into account because if you if you do this format at a track like like Spa or like Singapore or something with big old long slow pit lanes no one's ever going to risk it but if you do it at somewhere like i don't know monza like with a particularly yeah. short pit lane it's you know that much more incentive for someone to maybe well, try I think something monza different. is
0: monza is one of the ones that they're talking about doing they're the talking about out.
1: it yeah it's not been guaranteed yet but it's it's yeah, one yeah. of the names that's that, always been high on the list could be why that could yeah, be why could well be why mm. plus you can right. overtake a monza quite easily so you yeah, oh, that, that's but that's that, got that's potential. Whole, actually, it's a,
0: it's a whole few months away. That yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's save it for the Monza preview, shall we? Shall we do some predictions? Yes, yes. let's.
2: Um, with everything that's changing this weekend, we've decided to change nothing. <laughs> predictions <laughs> will remain as they were. Uh, essentially, what we're going to do this week is fastest in Q three will remain the same because that's how it's always worked. Simple enough. The winner will be the winner of the Grand Prix, as it always has been. The first DNF will be the first DNF in the Grand Prix, not in the sprint race. Yeah. Again, number of finishers, number of finishes in the Grand Prix, and the random driver's position you have to predict will be their position in the Grand Prix, not the Saturday cool. sprint race. So Simple. it's pretty straightforward. Simple. The, the only significant difference will be that with quality shifting, remember you're going to need to get your predictions in earlier than usual because qualifying is 6pm UK time on Friday. So you need to be like a whole 24 hours ahead of yourself when submitting predictions. Remember that, people.
1: This is going to be the race where we're at the least disadvantage ever, actually. Because <laughs> everyone else gets to watch three practice sessions before they have to predict normally, whereas this time, they get, get there's, one, there's a, the there's a one hour more well, like, track time than yeah, we but, get.
0: What well, well, you do realise that, however... FP1 finishes is how Quali's going to finish because just gonna... <laughs> oh yeah, it's still
1: a very significant hour. But still.
2: <laughs> yeah, so let's just wing it like we always do. <laughs> Fastest in Q3, Chris. Where are you going,
1: Hamilton?
2: He's doing it. What are you thinking, Stu?
0: I'm thinking Hamilton as well. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm this is gonna, gonna be safe.
2: Really... Do you know what? This is gonna be really boring.
0: It's be easy points for Tom. Oh, do it if he uh, goes. Um, you've got to surely. You've got to go Verstappen.
2: <laughs> the thing is, I wanted to be the one that was like going to put the faith in Mercedes to be different, <laughs> and now you've both just kind of trashed me. No, so I'm, think... I'm going. I'm going to be different and take the risk on Verstappen. Just, just for the element yes. of points. Yes. I'm just doing it. I'm doing it. I got
0: what I wanted. <clears throat>
2: it's. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do or die. In That's the it point is, of reach is. now. <laughs> so true. Um, no point all saying <clears> the same thing. So, do you know what? For the win, I'm going to go first this time and I'm going to mix it up and say Hamilton. Nice. And if this ends up the other way around, I will be livid.
1: I mean, Stu, <laughs> you now have to say something different, Stu, because that's the precedent that you set. I'm going to get first and say Hamilton as well.
2: So you're going to double
1: ham, Chris? I'm going double ham.
0: Uh, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go... Oh, my heart says Hamilton, but my head says Verstappen. I'm going to say Verstappen. Do
2: you know what? I kind of, I kind of like you going Verstappen because that's mean you have got the the flip nice quality to race, to each other. Yeah, and yeah. Chris has just got the straight Hamilton. This is either going
1: very well or very badly for me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. basically. Um, okay, first DNF. I. Do you know what? I've said that we've not seen him much, and he's been anonymous. So Lance Stroll.
1: Time to be non-anonymous anymore.
2: Yeah, that's where I've jinxed him, and he'll suddenly become non-anonymous, and he will get involved in an incident. So oh, well, I, I just look back stroll. on
1: I just look back on last year, and first DNF was Kevin Magnuson in both Silverstone races last year. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. Hmm.
0: It was breaks wasn't it? That really dodgy breaks
1: there It was really album really punching him into the wall. Was one of them?
0: Oh, was it? Mm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was that.
2: Man, uh,
0: that's a tough. It's a tough one. This.
2: I think this is made this this is made all the harder based on um, the, the fact that we're race, going to definitely. have a sprint race before, yeah. so the first DNF is made all the harder because you're going to potentially yeah. have someone out of position further down the grid than they would have maybe been before. It's it's interesting.
0: I think, think Räikkönen.
2: Oh, do you know what? I went for Räikkönen two weeks in a row and got nothing. <laughs> if that comes good for you, I will be so angry. Just because I've gone two weeks with him and then moved away, <laughs> I'm
1: gonna say I say Alonzo. Not sure why. Just got a feeling. Okay. Uh,
2: n- number of finishes. Uh, Stu, where
1: are you going with this one?
0: Oh, uh, how many finished the
2: last?
1: It was seventeen and nineteen last year in the two races.
0: I'm going to go in the middle then and go 18.
1: Okay. Seems sensible.
2: Uh, I will happily go 17, Um, just because they will have done an extra 100 kilometers in anger. That's
1: true. Yeah, a bit more wear on the car. Um, I'm also going to go 17.
2: Glad I could convince you to myself. I mean, I was already thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Draw us a random driver, please.
1: You are more than welcome to have a random driver. Whoopsie daisy. Ooh. Oh. Danny Ricardo. Lewis Hamilton.
3: Oh. Oh! Oh,
0: It's money
2: money mouth time, isn't it? Oh, no. It's money mouth time. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm straight up money mouthing it. Um... I'm going to go for first because I have no choice.
1: Do you know what? I'm going to do something we never, <gasps> ever do. You're going to hedge gonna, bet. I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to say oh, second. Oh. I'm going to hedge my bets and go first. And I'm going to say first. God, You two are going to be so angry.
2: I'm going I'm, if I'm, your win prediction is right now.
1: Man, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm going to lose. I'm going long term season points rather than short term glory.
0: I am so deep in the hole here. Oh, God. Do you know
2: what? I, I find that so interesting that we've been driven to a point of hedging bets on the random yeah. position. Yeah, well, I
0: mean, I've got my five out of five. I got my five out of five last week. I think I'm the first out of five. it. Stu
2: St- the- St- retires. Yeah, yeah. I'm done with
0: predictions, there. I've got myself five I think. Five. I think you What's are... What's my prize, the, lads? What, what do I get?
2: I think you are the first one of all of us to actually get a full five. We've, yeah. we've had a few fours between us. I can't yeah, remember loads if... Of fours. Yeah, remember I don't if we've ever had a five. five I don't think
1: not even in the first I season mean- it was only us playing <laughs> yeah
0: we had lots, of I think we, I seem to remember us getting quite a few fours in the first season
1: oh, one or one like or two, there were a couple of fours <laughs> I think we've got worse as the years have gone on <laughs> oh yeah, 100% the
2: more competitors <laughs> alongside us, the worse we've gone,
1: speak for yourselves we
0: <laughs> just got five out of five last <laughs> week <laughs> Yeah, I um, suppose there is people there. can enter mm. this predictions league, can't they? Somehow, I don't know how they can. Yeah.
2: Um if if it's all not all too confusing already, head to backofthegrid.com. Uh if you've joined us before, obviously the same as usual. If you haven't, just register and you'll be able to enter your predictions. Uh they're already open. I've just done it. Yeah. So and it if you haven't entered
0: nice. if you haven't entered yet, it is uh it's worth doing because like we've just been saying, there's a prize every week for five out of five, every race for five out of five. Yep. and um, obviously there's a, there's a big prize for the winner at the end of the season. So and I think there's it's worth entering because it's it's quite difficult to get points and if you can get a good run, then you could be right in the mix. so yeah. yeah oh yeah, definitely exactly.
2: And just to reiterate, qualifying starts earlier than usual this weekend, 6 pm UK time is when predictions closes so make sure you do it before then.
0: You have been warned.
2: You have been warned.
0: It's time for some inbox. It is.
2: It is. Uh,
1: keep me saying now. But stay, but stay out. inbox, in, 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 in. inbox. Amen.
0: <laughs> it still gets me. I don't know why it gets me so easily.
1: <laughs> Who's first?
0: I'll go first.
1: Uh, Pete Sturt says, I'm going to Silverstone this weekend. Lucky you, Pete. Uh, grandstand tickets for Sunday but can sit slash stand anywhere for Friday Saturday I just want to get your opinions on the best vantage points uh, Woodcut and club corner grandstands looks have great views also general admission at maggots and beckets get close to the cars what are your thoughts it's a definitely. place we maggots know well and Beckett's. Yeah, yeah maggots, maggots and beckets is number
0: one absolutely get yourself yeah. down there during Friday practice or if you can get there for qualifying you'll struggle because people pile down there for qualifying yeah but, um, definitely go down on, on practice and just get stood. There's a particular point you can stand and you're literally probably 10 feet away from the cars
2: yeah. as they move yeah. by. Is essentially the entrance into that whole Yeah. sweep. Yeah. It's the fir- that first. You'll that know thing. it. You'll, as soon as you oh, walk yeah. past
1: it, you'll know it because there'll be a yeah. crowd of people there. And yeah. the key there as well, you stand there, but you look up the track. So the cars will come past you and then you see the car from behind as they do the direction mm. change. Yeah. And it changes what you think is possible in yeah. physics.
2: And, and also, on the flip of that, the other end on, on the exit onto Hanger Straight. Yeah. Wait, which one's Hanger? Yeah, 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 Hanger yeah, Hanger yeah straight, it's Hanger it? Straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wellington Straight is the other one. Yeah, so on the exit of Maggie's and Beckett's and everything onto Hanger Straight, also standing there looking towards that set of corners and watching the car come at you with that change of direction is ridiculous. You know, obviously it's yeah, close, I mean, yeah. but it's still an amazing... Yeah, there's actually a grandstand up there as well. You can get in a grandstand
0: yeah. up. Yeah. Um, looking down onto the Maggots Beckett's complex yeah. along to the Hangar Straight, And it's a really good place to sit. We, we sat and watched a, we sat there, uh, yeah. a really old Alfa Romeo go around and piss oh, all, yeah. all over the track everywhere.
1: Didn't we? <laughs> yep. Um, I'd say watch them through cops as well while you're down at that bit of the circuit. Yeah yeah Um, but
0: other than than that just go for on on friday when the other when all the sort of junior cars are running and stuff go for a walk around the circuit as well after after um after free practice and you can really you can it's one of the few tracks you can literally walk the entire circumference off so you can just get a real good feel for yourself as you walk around the track and and find out which place you like watching it
1: best from you it's not as easy these days. You, when it was an um, hour and a half sessions, you could just about walk a lap of the yeah. track during FP1 and like yeah. stop off at various points and watch them. You probably can't do that in an hour these days. But um... It's taken us a whole day to walk around there before, Chris, when we've been in... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, that was when we went to a um, six hours of Silverstone wet yeah. race, wasn't it? Does, does general
2: was... admission... Sorry, does general admission still get you infield... I can't remember. It yeah, does, I believe it? it does these yeah. days, yeah. To yeah, certain bits of the infield. Yeah, it does. You can go through was the like, tunnel. Because there was that bit that we sat, which was on the It was on the inside of COPS, wasn't it? We sat on yeah. the inside of COPS to watch the yeah. F2. Oh, yeah,
0: that's the, a good... Uh, yeah, that's that was a good. really good. That was pretty cool. That was a nice spot just to kind of relax and just watch stuff. There, but still watch the cars from a good perspective. Yeah. And when, the further in you get to that point as well, you can do... Um, you can go right up to the to up to Luffield and all that sort of area yeah, yeah. on the infield, and you can get a really good view of the cars from there as well. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. kind
1: of where the fan zone and stuff is, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, the, the, stage it's, and the
0: it's the end of the that's the end of the Wellington Street. Wellington Street, yeah, yeah that's a good yep. spot. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yep. there you go. Cool. I think that covers that one. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, who's doing the next? Oh, it's me. Um, Dan Instant says, "Are the FAA planning on scrapping the Q two tire rules? Is that for just this weekend or is
1: that... Yeah, I mean, for sprint races, yes. In general, there's been, I've seen some like very, very vague talk about it online, but nothing.
2: I, I, I think maybe how it goes with these sprint race trials when they do them might help go towards that decision. It wouldn't I mean, obviously, if, if, if this, is, if this becomes a permanent thing, the sprint races... I imagine those rules are gone like they are currently this weekend.
1: Yeah, they'll just extend that change mm-hmm. to all sessions rather than yeah. just have to do weekends. Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. So well, I, think it, I think it will depend on how the, this weekend and the other yeah. trial events for this maybe, go.
1: Maybe for next season or the season after.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, Michelle says since Lando's Gulf livery car was at the Goodwood Festival of Speed this weekend and presumably will be on display at the McLaren Technical Centre, uh, isn't that a lot of. Expensive parts going to waste, even without the engine, isn't it? Um, a bit of a wasted monocoque and chassis.
1: Well, I hate to break it to you, Michelle, but that wasn't the car that you saw. That was probably a car from a couple of seasons ago that's been painted with the new livery. Like all F1 teams do this, they all the old cars they'll paint with the most up to date liveries. Yeah, um, a lot of them are Franken cars as well. It'll be like. A chassis from one year with a front wing from another year, and they're kind Mm. of all kinds of bits bolted together. So, yeah, the display cars you see are very rarely anything Mm. newer than a couple of years old, not quite as advertised. (laughs) Yeah, basically, yeah, Yeah. still looks cool
0: to see, make cool noises. So, yeah, you've still seen
1: something awesome. Mm. Uh, next, Sebastian says, question for each of you. This is a big one. Imagine Oof. if you're FIA president for one day, what would be the Oof. one thing you change in F1? What's <laughs> which point because it soon get changed back?
0: <laughs> um, what a change.
1: Oof,
2: I mean, with the speed that things get changed in F1, from a rule perspective, I don't think having one day in charge is enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> if, had um, to pick well, one
0: if you had to thing. pick one thing to change, what would you pick?
2: Oof, it is difficult.
1: It's um, a boring answer, but prize money and how it's distributed.
0: I would do the, instead of doing the sprint, I, I, I would, I would enforce reverse grade sprint races, reverse, mm-hmm. reverse championship grid sprint races for, for okay. half points. That's what I put in.
3: Yeah.
2: I would, uh, stop building new street circuits and basically say, no new street circuit is allowed for the next decade. Buy I'm Herman sick of Tilka. them
0: <laughs> No more, no more Tilka drones.
2: No more Tilka for a decade. <laughs> You're welcome. You're Tilka's all welcome. Ban
1: Tilka. Um, <laughs> do, do you know what, quiz? Herman? You've worked really hard. Just enjoy your retirement. Have a, have yeah. a decade off, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Give someone else a go. Um, <laughs> next question from Paul. Do you think they should invent a better way of keeping the visor of the helmet clear rather than the rip-offs that are made of plastic that is just discarded on the track? That's a... Really interesting. Actually, that's a very interesting question mm. because obviously it's plastic, it's waste, it's not good for the environment. Um, mm. also, you also, Yuki Sonoda took one in the face last week. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: we've, we've seen a bit of that this year, I think, more than usual. Of like, I mean, it, it happens occasionally, but I feel like this year we've seen a lot more of like people either fo- in a following car getting hit by one or like yeah. airboxes and wings picking them up.
1: Yeah, there's, things, there's a thing. The thing is with them, it's with anything like that, ultimately, it'll only be done if the uh, perceived benefit of spending time and money on it outweighs the current negatives. And I, yeah, for something like that, that's probably never going to happen. Yeah, also, I mean, I'm sure they could, they should, they definitely could come with a better way of doing it, but I don't yeah. think,
0: well, currently, as a way of sort of dealing with it, they, they normally, um, they try to encourage the drivers to, to do the tear-offs in the pit lane rather than on the track Yeah, yeah. because it makes them easier to clear up for the circuit organisers. It's not a piece of plastic that just gets discarded and for animals to get caught in and things like that. And also, um, it, it means that there's less chance of, a, of another vehicle picking it up in yeah, a duct or yeah. the visor sticking on top of your own <laughs> visor like what happened to Yuki Tsunoda. Did you see that? No, I didn't yeah. see that. So I can I don't. I'm not sure who was ahead of Sonoda, but um, it was during practice on Saturday last week. Yeah, and um, the tear off came off the car ahead, <laughs> flew through the air, and then just stuck to Sonoda's <laughs> face, His mm-hmm. <laughs> really visor himself, so he had to remove it himself. Really bizarre. I don't think it's ever happened. No, nice. <laughs> it's really bizarre.
2: One thing that I remember them trying to enforce in recent times was. Obviously, to try and stop things like that, as well as just the waste of it, was to try and get drivers to put them inside like a little pocket in the cockpit. yeah, in
1: the in the glove box.
2: But it never yeah. went down well with anyone, that did it?
1: No, it's, I mean, <laughs> just, just impossible. It, I mean, it's a tight <laughs> space
2: to work in anyway. Like you, you see the fact that they have to have little cutouts in the in the side of the the tub just to be able to turn the wheel. Exactly. Yeah. For
1: for the for those angles, so, red,
0: red bull there. There. <laughs> That was an Adrian New innovation. Yeah, one, the the cutouts in the shoulder restraint thing. So all yeah. that
1: said, I suppose something like that is probably more likely to come from the helmet manufacturers than the teams, isn't it? So I guess that might be something the helmet manufacturers themselves will maybe come up with in the future.
2: Self cleaning visors.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's ways of do
0: you do get there's there's particular coatings you can put on things like they do put ceramic yeah. coatings over the over the whole body of the car, which is why the cars often look so clean because it's like a hybr- hydrophobic coating that the cars yeah. get almost like it makes mm-hmm. it into like a like like glass. Um, and the reason I know this is because my car has got the same one that the um, uh, Aston Martin has. It's I used the stuff that they used on mine and it's amazing it's really clever because it it means that water sort of beats it's it's literally a ceramic coating that water beads up on it's so smooth and hydrophobic yeah Yeah. that the water just runs off of it and it makes it so easy to clean as well it's amazing um but yeah we're way off tangent there kind of you can
1: it's a very quick google you can also get for it seems most of the snowmobiles you can get electrically heated visors on helmets as well so that might mm, be I don't think direction.
0: that'd be a good idea because then you get tires just encouraging tight ty- bits of tyre to melt onto your visor. Which, yeah, you don't want that, do you? So, yeah, no you want. Uh,
1: anyway, there will be a solution.
0: Yeah, next one.
2: <laughs> next one, uh Wesley says in 2017 the three of you floated the idea of having an F1 home team Ooh. which was to bring up F2 drivers uh, and the F2 champion uh, if there were no actual takers for that driver. Do you still like the idea? Does Liberty Media have enough revenue to support such a thing? And, Ross Braun, if you're listening, what do we have to do to convince you it is a good idea? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I, I, we, just before we get into this, we must ca- caveat this with, I, I'm pretty sure we said at the time that they would never do this because the money wasn't there <laughs> to do it.
2: Yeah, so I think our general consensus at the time was this would be a really cool idea, but we genuinely don't think it'll happen for hear this following list of reasons hmm. well, i mean whereas if you're there in live chat then you might be able to tell us what we said because <laughs> it sounds like you've listened to it recently um, yeah i mean w Wes- series
1: are kind of doing something similar this year actually because they know they've gone to a team format and i've got sponsors for a lot of the teams one of the teams is called something like the w series junior team or something and it's like the newest right. youngest drivers are kind of in that team not that it means a whole lot within w series but it's kind of along the same lines mm-hmm. i guess like one of the one of the ideas around it was that we that they take
0: like a, a car from last year as well wasn't it yeah yeah they
2: to, to like, reduce the cost yeah
0: yeah so wouldn't what well, i think the idea would god would really i'm stretching my memory now but it's a long time ago now it was either the, the championship winning car, which would seem silly because that'd still be really competitive, or yeah, Racing Point did that, yeah, Racing <laughs> Point tried that. Um, or maybe it'd be like you could take the car that's in last place and r- from last year and run that just so that it doesn't give them any sort of fair advantage, yeah, like it's just a test car. I think it's that, just a way in. I don't hate, I still don't hate the idea, but I just Don't think it's ever. Yeah,
2: you just have to work out the logistics of it, wouldn't you? What would be nice though is that it would it would be a good way. I can't remember if we discussed this back then, but my thoughts now are it would be a good way to also give like budding aerodynamicists and engineers like a shot as well, like someone that wants to kind of start making a name for themselves. Let them have a little bit more leeway with regulations, maybe. We've talked about this as like an incentive for like cars that want to move on to alternate fuels and stuff. But like, let uh, an like a unproven aero designer come in and show what ideas they've got by building yeah. an aero package for the car. I mean, th- there's definite potential for it. But yeah, it's where yeah. the Liberty would want to pay out. I, I mean, there's, there is tons of sponsorship opportunity though because Liberty could easily sell sponsorship on a race by race basis to companies for the the junior development team
3: yeah
0: it's it's something that requires so much thought because there's yeah. there's, pro- there's there'll be a whole other dimension to it as well that we've never even thought of like oh yeah you know what happens if they happen to win a race, and it's the <laughs> FIA team, and they've won a Formula yeah. One race? Yeah. That's that doesn't look great, does it? They give themselves prize like, money, yeah, <laughs> um, or you know, or is it something like um, the?
2: Uh, I mean, like in in things like really, probably
0: something in the rules, probably that stops them from even doing it as well. Yeah, like be lo- oh, yeah. all kinds of legal, oh, yeah, wrangling definitely. and all sorts that need to take place for it to happen. I think
2: there, there is stuff in like. WEC and I mean even down to Porsche Super Cup and stuff where these guest drivers aren't eligible for points. No matter where, like even if they won a race, yeah. they wouldn't be eligible for the points. So it just kind of stops that happening of the home like the home team, the the championship run team just winning the title themselves. It yeah, wouldn't be possible because um, I mean there was uh, Michael Fassbender was like racing in the Porsche Super Cups. Last, yes he was not, uh, well it wasn't last weekend was it, it was last event at yeah. Austria. um so like it's it just things like that like having a guest seat and and poor super are quite good for it uh, from and, and and even like going down to stuff like british touring cars as well you see like guest drivers jumping into uh, championship run car or a independent like neutrally run car and stuff so mm. it would be well, nice yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't know if f1 will always will, will, will ever have a place for it i think that's the problem
0: uh, yeah i don't think f1's the place to have gentlemen drivers rocking up yeah and throwing it... all the money at it for one yeah. drive these yeah days. although it's... like they the basically is what's happening oh, but over the course of a season <laughs> for yeah. some for certain drivers on the grid do
2: you know what would be interesting is to maybe allow it but only within the sprint races or something if if they're not having championship points for them i
1: mean i'd like to see some like non championship exhibition races happen yeah, yeah. that would be cool for stuff like that i think another thing like i'm i'm pretty sure un- unless they push the rule change back a year because of like recent world events Um, it was definitely supposed to be that this year every team had to run a young driver in at least two FP1 sessions. And I guess it's stuff like that is kind of where they're trying to give, you know, the sort of... The the situation where an F2 champion can't go back to F2 and doesn't get a seat, that at least gives them, like, an in within an F1 team to get some track time. Um, I'm pretty sure that rule has come in this season. Like As far as I know it is, yeah. Yeah. Be interesting when the likes of Red Bull and Mercedes... Run their young drivers because yeah, probably wait for the last two races in the season. I guess. Would George
2: Russell count as a Mercedes young driver if you moved him? I, I like, you get Roy I mean, and Williams it, and then Fernando, him into the. If Fernando the... Alonso
0: is a Renault young driver, <laughs> then I think George Russell counts as a Mercedes young
2: driver. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, that's I, true. well, it's, I think as soon as you've done two. World Championship races mm. within like the last X years, you're automatically no longer a young driver. So yeah, that would be what it is. Um, it's so weird. That,
2: that's the yeah, Alonso loophole such a right there. Name for
1: it. It's not a young driver. Yeah, because it? I guess like it's a re- um,
2: recently inexperienced driver yeah. program.
1: Like Fittipaldi won't class as a young driver now, probably because he did the last two races last season.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're off wouldn't. on a tangent. We're off <clears> on, on, on yet yeah, another. No, it's been a, a week of tangents, hasn't it? Yeah, cool.
0: um, let's, let's, let's let's round this thing out. Come on, guys. Here's the next
1: one. I've got the next question. Uh, Chris McNulty says, uh, this is a Russell Bottas question, which in true back-of-the-grid style will become redundant on Tuesday morning when Mercedes so confirm true. the seat <laughs> for next so year. True. Uh, however... Uh, we've all been talking about Russell for the Mercedes seat, but do you think Bottas would have scored points in the Williams in the past couple of weeks? I say he would have where Russell Ooh. failed to deliver, but on the other hand, I don't think Russell could have delivered more than Bottas has. It seems to me more like Williams can't lose and Mercedes don't actually gain that much by swapping drivers. Ooh. What do we think? I mean,
2: Bottas well, the, the, did do exceptionally question, well in the down. Williams, didn't he? When he was there. Yeah. I think Bottas maybe potentially outperform the Williams on a lot of occasions mm-hmm. as well, similar to what we feel yeah, like George is so. doing. Like yeah. he was definitely deserving of the move up to Mercedes when it happened as well. Um, I, I wonder The question if, is
0: who's better, isn't it? That's, they want yeah. to know who we think is better. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, think George Russell's better. I, I feel George Russell's better. Maybe, maybe if the switch were to happen and, and Bottas was able to perform in the Williams, it would be... Almost that, like sort of Pierre Gasly type thing, where he struggled at the Red Bull main team, yeah, because of the pressures involved with that or the situation, whatever it may be, and then that drop back down to Alpha Towers is, is now has seen some of the best driving of his career, if not like the best driving of his career, and yeah. maybe that had happened with Valtteri.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it could I don't be. Know. I mean, I feel like. Russell has impressed me more at Williams than Bottas impressed me at Williams, which is not to really? say he didn't. Bottas was very good at Williams, but we're also mm. comparing two very different Williams teams uh, and two very different rule sets. So it's yeah, it's I kind suppose.
2: Of... I suppose the difference when Bottas was at Williams, the car had a lot more potential than it actually does now.
1: Yeah, like by he... a long way. He got a couple of few podiums, I think, didn't he? Like, yeah. He nearly stuck it on pole in like, uh, Sochi. It,
2: it was a decent midfield to best of the rest car at one point. While yeah, well, you remember
1: there. Silverstone when him and Massa um, were one and two in the yeah. Uh, yeah. opening. Stint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Bottas super-duper earned his Mercedes shot with what he did at Williams. Um, but I think Russell's done exactly the same with his time at Williams now. Um, and
0: let's not forget that Russell... <laughs> was on to beat Bottas and in... Yeah, exactly. ...in, in yeah. his own car, effectively. Like, just rock up to the team and
1: do better than yeah. Bottas. In, in a car it was too tall for.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Like, driver comparisons are always interesting and fun to do, but <clears throat> it's not very often you get a direct comparison. And with yeah. these two, we actually did get a direct yeah. comparison. And, and yeah. it was quite conclusive. He was... we you know, the gap in qualifying was like negligible and Bottas just pipped it and then he very much out him in the race. So yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah I think yeah. it's time. <gasps> it's Definitely time. time. Um, final final one this week.
0: Um, Jay Alexander asks, with Red Bull creating its own engine division, could you see them using that to branch out into other motorsport or is this just my wishful thinking of seeing a Red Bull liveried Formula E car? I mean, they do do lots <laughs> of other... You know, they do do other motorsports, all kinds of other motorsports. There's loads of Red Bull liveried rally cars and stuff like that, isn't there? It's always yeah. more
1: of a sponsorship it, thing, though, isn't it? F one team, wherever they're like, it is a they Red Bull a entry. Um, yeah,
0: but then that's you know, for other if you, if it's just the livery you're keen for, that's all you really need. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah. could see there being a Red Bull Formula E team eventually. I don't know. What do you What do you guys? I will about?
1: eat my hat if there's ever a Red Bull Formula really? E team. A, a, a works Red Bull Formula E team will never happen. You will eat your
0: 60-pound Lewis
2: Hamilton <laughs> hat. Uh, it'd be a Valtteri Bottas hat if Chris has bought it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the George Russell one. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, yeah, we, we I see delivery a lot, like like you say, Stu, because it, the sponsorship deals with other teams. um. I suppose it it depends on if there is gain for them to have. Like, what is the gain for them to have a works team in, say, World Rally when they can sponsor the Citroen team like they have in the past or or whatever? Yeah. Stick stick it on the side of Sebastian Loeb's rally car like they have in the past and win a title that way. Like,
0: well, that's why I think about um, Formula E. Like, they could just sponsor a Formula E team.
1: Yeah, Mm. which actually,
0: bull, you know. Red Bull Jaguar or whatever or reg- which which would be actually have a really nice mm. sort of ring to it, wouldn't it? Because the Formula One team was Jaguar. I was I was just
2: about to say there's a nice yeah. like nod back yeah. to where the Red Bull team came yeah. from in Formula One. Also,
0: just a quick shout out to Sam Bird for winning the Formula E race this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: somehow back on top of the championship. Yeah. <laughs> from fourteenth
0: having... started the weekend fourteenth in the championship. End of the weekend top of the shop. Such an insanely close championship.
1: There's what four or five races left, I think, in the championship.
2: For, for full disclosure, I think Stu is as big of a Sam Bird fan as Chris, Chris is a Valtteri Bottas fan. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, sh- I shook Sam Bird's
0: hand once. See?
1: <laughs> and I think actually being a Bottas fan and being a Bird fan normally comes with a similar amount of disappointment as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, that's no, that's that's I think Sam Bird's a lot more unlucky than what Valtteri Bottas is. Oh, Valtteri Sam Bird Bottas, is very unlucky. He's the most unlucky driver on that grid. <laughs> and yet he's still, he's, he's such a fighter. And I he's really got himself To the top of the shot. If he can win this championship, championship i'll be
1: over the moon have you have you seen the formula e documentary that's on the channel 4 on demand thing no it's it's well worth a watch that it's like a one-off sort of like i guess it's like a feature length documentary thing um it's, it's the one tra- that it, is it is the one that
2: friend of the show hazel did yes it is she, she, on, she appears it? in oh, it a few she? times yeah. yeah um
1: but yeah there's an interesting sort of interview with sam Bird as part of that kind of talking about how he was always like on the path to F1 and just like that whole system just like broke him down and just like crushed all his dreams kind yeah. of thing and how Formula E yeah, he was kind I mean, of a bit of a reawakening for him kind of thing.
0: He definitely wouldn't be the first mm. Formula he wouldn't be the first Formula E driver who's had that. It's it's a common theme that
1: in that documentary when they're talking yeah. to the various drivers. Yeah. yeah. I mean Jev as well Jeff just got chewed up and spat out by the Red Bull Young Driver program and he um sort of reinvented himself. Yeah.
2: I mean we had a run joke for a long time that Formula E was like the the meeting room of all Red Bull rejects, wasn't it? Anyone yeah. cut by Red Bull ended yeah. up in Formula yeah. E for a time. There was a but, while, wasn't there? It was I like, mean there's they have like there's a, there's a Mercedes Yeah, yeah. There's a Mercedes trend at the minute, though, because mm. you've got like Verline, you got a yeah. Nick bit more uh, uh, van a little bit was than a little bit but, but he's still, driving Mercedes now. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's where that came from me. in my head. Um, so I mean, it, it's it is an excellent group of drivers. Yeah, it really is. And I think that brings us to a, conclu-
0: a disorganized <laughs> conclusion, as usual. <laughs> yeah. Um. Could someone take us through the Patreon credits, please? Because I don't have them.
1: Yes. Sorry. Um. Uh. If you don't know, we have a Patreon page where you can um. Chuck us a dollar or two a month and uh, in return you get to join our Discord and you get um, bonus stuff. Um, we've got some little side um, podcast things that we've got coming up soon as well. All kinds of nice stuff like that. Um, but a special thank you as always to our team principals who are Dustin Jantos, Narayan Hamari, Alexi Jarvis, Mark McNeil and Wesley Paul.
0: Oh, it's right there on the next page. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, just I thought Tom it. had a funny look on his face. I thought Tom was looking was... like,
0: why isn't he just doing it? See, yeah, I, I just,
1: I just went with you to keep the flow of the podcast going, and then you broke the flow <laughs> by pointing it out afterwards.
0: <laughs> ah, well. Well, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, So, so yes, big thank you for the team principals. Um, if you want to find us on Facebook or um, Instagram or Twitter, you can just search for Back of the Grid, and we will show up in your search results and um <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's the end for this week so we'll we'll see you next time goodbye, <laughs> goodbye Bye.